Welcome once again, Marvel listeners, Marvel lights. Is that how we start out usually? Hey, this is an unfamiliar voice. It's me, Marvel.com associate editor Ben Morse, welcoming you to episode 35 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast for all things Marvel. I don't care if it's comics, movies, TV, toys, gear, any weird stuff that we find in the basement. This is where you're going to find out about all of it. I am filling in as primary host this week as Agent M, Brian Panagos, is ensconced in a Marvel Creative Summit, getting all the plans for the next year. And that means you're for a special treat because my number two man, the goose to my maverick, is... Blake Garris. I'm filling in for Ben. I'm the goose to his maverick. It's true. Have you seen Top Gun? Yeah. Tons of times. So you know what's going to happen by the end of this podcast. We wear sunglasses and play volleyball. Did you? Never mind. Goose. I'm just keep calling. I didn't get Goose to the up. end. You didn't get to the end? Yeah. All right. We are also joined by two of our stellar interns. I would say they are two of the best three interns we have. <laughs> the wonderfully talented Kristen Maldonado. Kristen, welcome back to the podcast. Good to be here. Were you here last week? Yes. Yes, you were. Thanks for joining us again. And of course... The man, the myth, the legend. He has two strikes on him already today. Uh-oh. Anthony Jubanza Chanza. Chanza or Chanza? Chanza. Anthony Chanza. <laughs> Glad to have you back. Do you want to explain to the readers your two strikes? Misnumbering an issue and putting the wrong date. Yes. For a press release, you talked about how people should get excited for Amazing Spider-Man 296. They should be excited. Which came out back in the 80s. They should be. And they should be. Anyways, if you've never listened before, welcome. If you've listened before, welcome back. This is the podcast that covers everything from the newest comics releases to the latest news to answering all your questions, which we'll get to at the end. If you want to interact with us, ask a question. Just use the hashtag on Twitter, This Week in Marvel. You can also tweet us individually. You can get me at, at Ben J. Morse. Blake is at Blake Garris. Our Assistant editor who will be joining us later from the West Coast, Mark Strom, is at Stromy. You can reach Ryan at agent underscore M. And of course, the interns have their own Twitters as well at Chubanza or at K Maldo. And we encourage you to send us your questions, your comments, etc. We are going to dive right into this week's content, and that starts with the comics on sale for this week. And first of all, we have a very special treat. We have Amazing Fantasy 15, Spider Man number one which is a reprint of Amazing Fantasy number 15, comic that first introduced Spider-Man by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. It's recolored, it's remastered, and it's coming out this week because next week we've got a movie in theaters. I know Kristen's mildly excited for it. It's called The Amazing Spider-Man. We will talk more about it later in the podcast. We're getting to go see it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. This is Wednesday. We're going to go see it. By the time this podcast goes up, we'll be on our way. Yep. Anthony, are you, you were invited? Yeah. All right, you're going to have to look into that. <laughs> well, just let anyone in these days. That's but true. anyways, yeah. if you're getting excited for the movie and you want to introduce yourself to the character Spider-Man, Amazing Fantasy 15, Spider-Man number one is out in the stores this week. And now we have Amazing Spider-Man number 688, written by Dan Slott, artist Giuseppe Camincoli. Yeah, man, that's about right. This was actually so amazing. I can't, I have to have words for it, obviously, but... It's awesome. It's basically Spider-Man fighting the lizard in the sewer. And the twist is Morbius is here and he finds a... Can I say... 
You gotta be careful. You can't give too many spoilers. You want people to buy the book. He finds something about the lizard that can... He has a new way to fight the lizard. Yeah. That could be very helpful. And the thing I loved about this, there are like three times where you think Spider-Man's finally gonna just give in and like be a killer. And I remember being like, oh, is he gonna do... No. Just the way Dan Slott says some things for Spider-Man just messed me up. And it's awesome. Yeah, man, it was a really good issue. Of course, the lizard is the villain in Amazing Spider-Man. This is the first part of a three-parter in the book, which is going to kind of, you know, get people psyched again for the movie, but it's also just building on the great lizard stories of the past, most specifically Shed by Zeb Wells and Chris Pachalo, which was the big lizard arc from a couple years ago where basically the humanity inside the lizard got killed off once and for all. So this is Spider-Man the help of Morbius trying once again to see if they can't get the human side out. But Spider-Man coming off ends of the earth, very upset about the death of Silver Sable, and he's going to try to do his best to make sure nobody dies again. And like Blake said, it's very difficult, and he gets close to the edge a lot of times. Very good issue. Mm -hmm. Captain America and Iron Man, number 633, the latest issue of this team-up series. Previously Captain America and Hawkeye, now Captain America and Iron Man for a few issues. Written by Colin Bunn, drawn by Barry Kitson. We've got Steve Rogers and Tony Stark teaming up in Madripoor. They're trying to learn more about the mysterious events of the previous arc. Steve Rogers is investigating who he thinks might have been behind some of the shady scientific dealings. So he brings in Iron Man. They go on a little bit of an undercover Ocean's eleven type heist with technology. Iron Man is very funny in this issue. He's very at home at this weapons expo they're at, and Captain America is very judgmental. So it's a nice little odd couple banter there but the real highlight is when batrock shows up because i love me some batrock batrock shows up he's got his brigade they're there to sow chaos and we get captain america versus batrock we also get iron man versus batrock which should be over in about two seconds but it's not and that's one of the reasons you should pick up this issue to see why batrock can take on iron man i would pick it up because of cap's sweet mustache that's true Cap does sport a mustache in this issue. I don't want to tell how he sports a mustache. He's got one. Because there's a twist. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's got like a Tom Selleck-esque. Even better than Tom Selleck. (laughs) Strong words from Blake Garris fired across the bow of This Week in Marvel. Questioning Tom Selleck's mustache. I hope Tom Selleck meets you someday and punches you in the face with his mustache. I don't hope that. Which he can, I mean, I don't really want that to happen, but it would be funny. Dorothy and the Wizard in Oz wraps up this week, issue number eight of eight, written by Eric Shanauer. Gorgeous, gorgeous art, as always, by Scotty Young. This is the conclusion to Dorothy's latest adventure in Oz, in which she brought the wizard along with her. Of course, it's going to set up another Oz book, because we're going to keep on rolling. I know this is one of Ryan's favorite books, so if he were here, he would say, oh my god, this book is so amazing, Blah, I want to punch it in the face, oh, I want to punch someone in the face, tacos, tacos, tacos. So that's my Ryan review of Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz number 8. But, very good as you should check that out. We now have FF number 19, written by Jonathan Hickman, and art by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta. It's basically the Fantastic Four, what do you call them, the class? The, the Future Foundation? The Future Foundation. With another product, like, I can't believe Anthony didn't jump in and correct <laughs> Well, it. it says class here, too. Anyways, <laughs> the Future Foundation class is in Wakanda, and they start out, and they're basically just, you know, looking at animals, riding elephants, things like that. The huge. And then a twist comes, because they see this, this, I don't want to spoil it, but they see this 
beam and things go awry. As they often do in Marvel comics. There's an explosion and there's guts everywhere. Yeah. So the thing I loved about this book the most was that Dragon is here and Dragon he, Man. Dragon Man is fantastic he, in this issue. Like when the bad guys come, they keep bugging him, and the kids just want to see how he's so passive that they just want to see him. Right. He's a pacifist, and the bad guys keep punching him, and the, and the kids are just like, "Oh wow, I wonder how far they can push him." Dragon Man's like, "Like guys, can we just talk about this?" Yeah. And he's a huge dragon guy, and Gabriel Hernandez Walta, his art is fantastic, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to Dragon Man. He's very fun dragon man but yeah it's an adventure with just the kids the adult members aren't in this and by the end of the issue there's a new member of the future foundation it's really cool it's a really cool look at wakanda i mean usually when we go to wakanda we just see the black panther see the fantastic four do their thing this is actually a look at the other parts of wakanda and uh, jonathan hickman loves exploring the world of marvel universe did a great job here now we have incredible hulk number 10 this was like a comic tailor-made for you. Yes. Yes, I would concur. Jason Aaron wrote it. Tom Rainey did the art. It's again, you know, we call him Smart Hulk, basically. Uh, Is that what you... He's a smarter Hulk. A smarter Hulk. Hulk is a little smarter than the normal Hulk smash Hulk. Anthony, what would you say? Bald Hulk. Bald Hulk. Yeah, this is Bald Hulk. He's got no hair. (laughs) He's not quite as smart as he was in the 90s, but he's not a dummy either. They've been teasing this for a while, and I was kind of, you know, a lot of the teasers kind of let you down, but this didn't, <laughs> because it was, like, cyborg bears, almost, like... He's in, uh, he's in space fighting Russian cyborg bears. Yeah. Just which, say it, you know? It's that old story, and <laughs> it's just, uh, how do you explain this, Ben? Like, Well, I mean, basically, the genesis, as we've been saying, of this Stay Angry arc is that Bruce Banner, crazy Bruce Banner, is now in partial control of the Hulk. He is getting the Hulk into these situations and then hulking out so Hulk just finds himself places and has to deal with stuff. In this case, he's on a space station with a bunch of Russian kids and killer Russian cyborg bears. There is a whole backstory to why these kids are there, why these bears are there. It's really trippy sci-fi stuff. And the Hulk has to, he has to find a way to get home. And in the process, he helps these kids, whether he wants to or not. And they keep asking him if he's a bear, because they've never seen... A yeah, shaved bear. Yeah, but they've also never seen anything but bears. So they see something bigger than them, they assume it's a bear. So they just think he's a shaved bear. And this guy who wants to try to eat him? Yeah, there is a guy who wants to try to eat him. A, R- a Russian who's been up there. I don't want to give away all the links between the kids and the... But yeah. It's pretty crazy. Jason Aaron's going a little wackadoodle uh-huh. over on Incredible Hulk, and I'm, I'm digging it the most. Before you jump to your next book, we also got John Carter, The Gods of Mars, number four out this week. It is written by our friend Sam Humphreys. You remember Sam? Yes, He came good in man. and played that mean trick on me. Good man. Yeah, he's a good man. Art by Ramon Perez. It's the penultimate issue of John Carter, The Gods of Mars, as John Carter and his posse are taking the fight to the Gods of Mars, and looking for his princess, just high adventure in the classic Sam Humphrey style. We are now on to Ultimate Spider-Man number it's Marvel three. Marvel Universe Ultimate Ma- Spider-Man number three. Marvel it's Universe It's right on Ultimate. the page in front of you. I, I can't read some of these big words. Um, Marvel Universe? It's too big for you? Let me get to the writers and the artists because yeah, their names to are going to be hard too. Jake Sim- Simon? It's Jake Simon and Elliot Kalan are the writers. The artists are Ty Templeton and Nuno Platy. I like that. So, I love 
this comic <laughs> because even when you open the first page, it says who's in it, and then it'll always have a random, like, I think the first comic of this said, like, Spider-Man, Mary Jane, a donut, and I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> awesome, and this is Peter Parker, Mary Jane Iron Man, Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah, one of like, your favorites. I'm in after that, you know, so it's basically Peter Parker goes to... got two stories. Oh, it is two stories. It's two stories. Right. First off, he goes to a Stark convention, Anthony. Fact checked. Expo. Good expo. Stark Expo. Oh, great. So then Electro comes into this, and Tony Stark has his 40 television he's trying to pitch out, and Electro kind of gets Iron Man and Spider-Man into the actual TV world. It's kind of like that movie. Oh, yeah, the one with the... No. What? Not Pleasantville. Not Pleasantville. Um, that's true. The one with John Ritter. John Ritter. From the Remote 80s. Control or something? Maybe. Like? I think it might be. It shows the age in here that yeah. he goes to Pleasantville and we go to this and Kristen's like, TV? What's TV? I, exactly. watch, the, I watch the internet. <laughs> yes. But, I mean, they're fighting like everything on TV, like a Godzilla type character. But not Godzilla for legal reasons. But he's similar. <laughs> yes. They do like a noir esque. They go into like this old timey film. Yep. The Old West. They go into. Not gonna mention that. <laughs> but I mean it's a lot of cool stuff here. It's really fun. This is a fun comic. They have a Marvel mashup too, which is always Those good. And then here, this next one. Oh, this is great. This is by Elliot Kalan, who's a Daily Show correspondent. It's he, very funny. He fights these kangaroo characters. It's, there's an old villain called the Kangaroo. This is a Marvel Universe take on it where it's a bunch of siblings who are all kangaroos and he fights them in an art gallery. Very humorous little story. It just seemed because Tom Brennan helped on this. Tom so. Brennan's the editor. Yeah, He's the editor of the book. He's friends with Elliot Kahn. This is very Tom Brennan-esque. It's, it's comedy, yeah. you know? But it's clever. I love this. I mean, I think, you know... It's, it's, it's a fun book. Yeah. I liked it a lot. It's technically all ages, but I think anyone would enjoy it's it. It's true. As you can see, full-grown men. With beards. With, be with beards, like Blake enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Marvel Zombies Destroy, number four of five, another penultimate issue. Written by Peter David, art by Marco... Pierre Federici. We've got, we've, got, we've got Howard the Duck, Dum Dum Dugan, and the rapidly dwindling remains of their ducky dozen stuck in this alternate dimension where we know the Nazis won World War II with the help of a zombie plague. And now we're learning more from Loki, who shows up this issue, that is actually all Loki's fault, as usual. He seeded this zombie plague on Earth in hopes that it would distract Thor, but uh-oh, Thor and all the other Asgardians got hit with the zombie plague as well. So now Loki's got these zombie Asgardians after him. The Ducky Dozen's trying to infiltrate the zombie Nazis, and it's just chaos and craziness ensues. The art's pretty gross. Pierre Federici does a fantastic job on that, and Peter David does a nice job of telling this horror story. It's also very funny. It reminds me of like, something like Army of Darkness or something mm -hmm. like that. So That's true. It's a good little mashup of a bunch of different things. In Mighty Thor number 16, we've had for the past few issues, Thor fighting these nightmare creatures, these guys who latch on to you and basically put you to sleep and uh, invade your dreams, so to say. In this issue, we have Thor, various denizens of Asgardia, and others teaming up to try to fight back. But the cool thing is, because this guy Jeff Fisher, this goth teenager, was looped into the world, he has used the power of his dream to reimagine Thor as the cover of his death metal album, which makes him this black-haired crazy death metal dude his hammer is now just an anvil on the end of a stick and he just yells hail satan a lot so he runs around fighting these big monsters and just anyone who comes into play with them the enchantress is trying to get into asgardia she is got a big monster with her 
she's manipulating Don Blake. You remember Don Blake? Yes. Blake. There's chaos going on on two different levels. Thor needs to get back to reality so he can stop all this madness. Unsurprisingly, because it's so crazy, Matt Fraction wrote it. Art by Pepe Larraz is dynamite stuff, and we will see what becomes of the Thor versus Enchantress SmackDown next issue, even as we still got to resolve all this stuff. Unfortunately, by the end of the issue, he's not Death Metal Thor anymore, although I want to see that as a toy. We know maybe, people. Maybe a costume in Avengers Alliance. Mm-hmm. A lot of good stuff. Now we have Spider-Man number two, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Artist is Sarah Pacelli. Hopefully people are reading this Spider-Man this is little, good. little run. Right now, it's like, you know, Peter Parker, Spider-Man has been warped in this alternate reality. It's called um, the Ultimate Universe. The Ultimate Universe. It's been around for a little bit. I know, but I'm, t- I'm trying to talk true. Now you're fair. You're, if this is a first-time reader, you're right. I'm wrong. Yeah, I apologize. Sorry. I apologize. But anyways, so in this issue, you know, Peter Parker and Miles Morales, like, inevitably meet... And Peter Parker's like, where am I? Miles Morales is basically just awestruck by meeting his hero. It doesn't go very well. Those things rarely do. Peter Parker's trying to fight him, and Miles Morales is trying to talk him down because he just loves him so much. You can kind of see their two different powers kind of collide. Like, at one point, Miles That's Morales like, knocks him out, and yep. they're falling from the sky. And it's cool to see Miles Morales use Peter's webbing to, like, save right. both of them it's a different kind of spider-man versus spider-man fight yeah. because they got completely different power sets so yeah like you said miles morales will hit him with his like venom blast mm-hmm. and then they'll be falling through the sky and miles morales is like oh crap i don't have web shooters mm-hmm. i can't what am i gonna do so uh, it's all fun yeah this is just a really good story there's stuff with nick fury mm-hmm. there's stuff with mysterio but you, you know there i mean the, the beauty of it really is though the peter miles interactions the misunderstandings just the dialogue Bendis knows both these characters so well. Peter trying to understand what's going on. Miles trying to come to grips with the fact that this might be his hero. Everyone keeps telling Peter he's dead. It's a really fun story, and the art is awesome. Yeah, if you ever tell, he's killing it. Yeah, it's like if you ever put him on a pedestal and then you meet him, and it's just like, oh, it's not as cool as it was. This is the story. Like when you first came here. Exactly. You have something to say, Anthony? You're just grabbing the issue. Yeah, I'm grabbing the issue. Okay, cool. That was a really fun issue. I really enjoyed that. I sold Anthony on it so much that he had to steal it from us. Elsewhere in the Ultimate Universe, Ultimate Comics Ultimates number 12 is kind of the big wrap-up to what Jonathan Hickman's been doing for a year, pitting Reed Richards and the children against the Ultimates. He's had them on the ropes. They've been losing badly, so basically they need to pull out all the stops. Every character needs to play their role, and their master plan against Reed Richards comes together here does it work does it not work got to read the comic but i've really been enjoying this just because it's such an epic wide range of characters of players of locales and i love the very multi-leveled plan that iron man in particular comes up with in this issue and some surprises we get uh, there's some awesome fights Jonathan Hickman wrote it with your friend Sam Humphreys. Mm-hmm. On art, we had Luke Ross, Ron Garney, and Butch Guy switching off, and this also leads directly into Ultimate Comics' Divided We Fall. So, big, big issue you're going to want to catch. Wolverine the X-Men, number 12. Man, this was awesome. This was an Avengers X-Men tie-in, written by Jason Aaron, drawn spectacularly by Chris Pachalo. It takes place right after the Phoenix Five have come back from the moon, And the X-Men are now basically, they've changed the status quo of the world. They're hunting down the Avengers. They're looking for hope. And we see some of the former Wolverine allies, in particular in this issue, Rachel Gray, 
is the spotlight character, and she's kind of coming to terms with, all right, she's been a former host of the Phoenix. How does she feel about other people having the Phoenix? How does she feel about being asked to track people down because she came from the future, this nightmare future where she was a hound. She had to track down mutants, and now her, basically her father, Cyclops, is asking her to do it again. And she's at the center of this issue. She's a fascinating character. I know a lot of our fans, particularly on the ABX podcast, have been wanting to see more of her, so you get a lot more of her here. But you also have Iceman, you also have Angel, a lot of other Wolverine allies getting into a big fight with the Avengers. You know, that's what ABX has been all about, cool fights, and this is just another cool fight issue, and having Chris Pachalo draw it is the icing on the cake. But we kind of see the new status quo for what's going on in the post-ABX number 5 world. And... Man, I just loved a lot about this issue. I loved the insights into the characters. I loved learning about Rachel Gray. I loved Kid Gladiator mm-hmm. trying to take on all the Avengers by himself. There was a lot of fun stuff in here. And again, the art is great. We get surprise revelation about Angel. Some cool stuff with Iceman and Beast, old friends fighting. And Rachel Gray ultimately does something that I think is pretty surprising. So, man, I like this issue. I yeah. liked every bit of this issue. And I felt like every page is another cool twist. It's like Iceman and Beast keep both saying they want to talk it out, but they just keep punching each other. Yeah, it's like when you and I get in a fight. Exactly. Yeah. And Iceman, like, spreads himself over Beast, and then Beast is, like, eating Iceman. Yeah. <laughs> Iceman's like, stop eating he's me, like bro. a chunk out of his face. Oh, it's so good. Man, I love this comic more and more. No, I'm going to reread it right mm-hmm. now. I'm going to reread it while you finish no, up. you got to help me. You're good. Now we have X-Men number 31, written by Brian Wood, art by David Lopez. Here, there's, like, this new, you know, mutant strain of mutant, I assume, right? Mutant like, strain of mutant? Yeah, like... Uh, it's a new type of mutant we've never seen before that the X-Men are covering. It may have been their predecessor. It may be an offshoot. They're not quite sure. There's a lot of science going yeah, on. Yeah, scientific strain of mutant. Yeah, basically, Colossus gets knocked out. He's basically out of the picture in this right at the beginning. It's just kind of Storm and some of the other X-Men just trying to find out what's going on here. This comic just freaked me out because there are these villains in this comic that you can tell everybody thinks that they're this big issue and they're going to attack the x-men want to attack these guys but you can see in this one villain's eyes that his eyes are the only thing that are still alive in him does that make sense yeah no it's beautiful david lopez page yeah i mean you just see like this guy's coming to attack Mm -hmm. and then right at the end his eyes move and you're like, oh, there's still something in there. It's creepy. Yeah, it's a jarring issue. And it's like Storm's questioning a lot of her X-Men cohorts in this and can't really Specifically tell. Cyclops. Yeah. Her and Cyclops are, she's not telling Cyclops some stuff. Her teammates are on different sides on whether or not they should be telling Cyclops stuff. It's a darker kind of X-Men book. When I was reading this, I kept looking back like, this isn't an AVX tie-in? No, no man. This but, is just its own story. Yeah, it, it's really good. And the art's beautiful. Yeah. Finally, we have X-Men Legacy, number 269, written by Christos Gage, art by David Baldion. It's another AVX tie-in. This was interesting because it's the X-Men, basically, they are pretty certain that since the X-Men have the Phoenix Five now, they're certain that they're going to help the world prosper now. And, you know... Even the ones who aren't in the Phoenix Five are like, this is good. We're doing good for people. Like Iceman and Rogue are trying to help with vegetation. Yeah. Seeding the deserts. You know, doing good deeds. And Rogue goes back to New Orleans and, you know, she's not welcomed by her family. But now that they're helping people, the military kind of has their back and 
Yeah, the world loves the X-Men now. One of the military guys gives Rogue some catfish, and that was really, felt like home to me as well. <laughs> me, Rogue, and the, and the military guy. It's a big battle with Miss Marvel. Yeah, Miss Marvel shows up. She um, wants to talk to Rogue. Rogue's not interested in talking. They have a great fight. Yeah. These guys are old rivals. David Baldion really draws the hell out of this, and it's just you know, splash pages, big action. The thing at the end, though, I can't even say it. So, yeah. like, man. It's, it's pretty surprising. It's, it's a surprising ending, and it's an indication of where Avengers vs. X-Men is going. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, again, just like Wolverine and the X-Men, kind of shows how the world has shifted now that we have the Phoenix Five, and now that things are very, very different. This issue, when people were saying, like, you know, Nick Lowe and... Tom Brewer were saying there was going to be an ultimate winner in this. I still was like, how can you? I don't believe that. Mm. This kind of, I don't know if it leads to that, but it leads in a direction to that. Mm-hmm. That there could be. Yeah. So there should be. Well, they've told us there will be. They've promised. Yeah. Us. They've said to our face. But this kind of made me want one of the teams to win over the other. Mm. Cool, man. I don't know. That's all comics on sale this week. Want to remind you guys that any comics priced three ninety nine. You can also, if you purchase the print copy, get a free digital copy with a special code. And that all the comics we mentioned are available on the Marvel Comics app as well, digitally. Blake, what's your twin of the week? I have to go with Amazing Spider-Man number 688. Amazing Spider-Man number 688. First part of uh, No Turning Back. It was fantastic. Anthony Chanza. I'm tied. I really loved Amazing Spider-Man, but Wolverine the X-Men was so good. The mm-hmm. conflict that Rachel was dealing with the entire issue, it just brought everything to a head. Cool. Kristen K. Maldo? There were so many good ones, but I think the one that I'm most excited for, and I'm probably going to go get after work, is Spider-Man number two, mm-hmm. because I just think that it's so cool to see the two of them, Peter Parker and Miles Morales, together, and... I read the first one, and, and it ended right when the two of them like got face-to-face, and I was like, no, why? I want to see what's going to happen. So that's the one that I'm most excited to get, and I'm probably going to go get it like ASAP. All right, get out there. Get on it. You guys are all, you all have excellent points. Spider-Man is a very good issue. Amazing Spider-Man is a very good issue. I am going to lean Anthony's way. And I thought Wolverine and the X-Men, personally, my favorite. I thought it was beautifully drawn. Fantastic fight, character conflict, and move the ABX. I said, but there are no losers this week. You guys are monsters. <laughs> They're all excellent books, and uh, encourage you to check them all out at your local retailer or at the Marvel Comics app. Speaking of the Marvel Comics app, in addition to the books we already covered, also available on the Marvel Comics app this week, Avengers nineteen ninety eight series number twelve through twenty three. That's one of my favorites. That's Kurt Busiek, George Perez Goodness. 2005 Black Panther volume, issues number 26 through 30. All four issues of Spider-Man Noir. X-Factor special Layla Miller, number one, as well as issues number 46 through 50 of the current X-Factor series. X-Men Legacy, number 228 through 230. And then X-Men Legacy Annual, number one. Blake, would you like to share with us the collections on sale this week, courtesy of our friend Max Beck? Collections on sale, we have Defenders by Matt Fraction, Volume 1, Trade Paperback, FF by Jonathan Hickman, Volume 3, Hardcover, Marvel Masterworks, Uncanny X-Men, Volume 5, Hardcover, Mystery Men, Trade Paperback, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Classic, Volume 1, Trade Paperback, Punisher Official Index to the Marvel Universe, Trade Paperback, 
Spellbinders, Signs and Wonders trade paperback. Spider-Man, Death of the Stacys trade paperback. Wolverine, The Best There Is, Broken Quarantine trade paperback. X-Men Legacy Back to School hardcover. And X-Men Schism trade paperback. I've never read Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Classic Volume 1 or Spellbinders. Spellbinders in particular I've wanted to check out for a while, so I'm very excited about those. Of the stuff I have read, I think my tome of the week goes to X-Men Schism. Mm. Great story by Jason Aaron and fantastic art by some very talented dudes. Man, Wolverine maybe? The Wolverine best, best there, is. there is is awesome too. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. What stands out to you, interns? Uh, I'm going to go with Defenders Volume 1. Defenders Volume 1. You know, Matt Fraction's here today. Oh, is he? Yeah, she gets autograph. Should. No. Should he? No, right. absolutely not. <laughs> Kristen? Um, I think Spider-Man Death of the Stacys. I think that would, cool. especially since the Spider-Man movie's coming out and we're going to be introduced to the Stacys, that's going to be kind of something that would be good to read along with just to, even if it doesn't go around at the same time, just to kind of see those characters in a different way. It's good historical value. I've read it before. Very important. Blake, you should check that out. I will. All right. Also available collection-wise, we got new digital collections on the Marvel Comics app. We've got Avengers The Initiative Volume 1 Basic Training, Heroes Reborn Avengers, Spider-Man Died in Your Arms Tonight, <laughs> Spider-Man Red-Headed Stranger, Spider-Man Return of the Black Cat, and Uncanny X-Force Volume 2, Deathlock Nation. A lot of good Spider-Man stuff out this week. I'm going to throw my shout-out to Avengers The Initiative Volume 1 Basic Training. That is one of my favorite books of the last decade, and the first arc is just hooks you right away. It's by Dan Slott and Stefano Caselli, current Amazing Spider-Man team. I recommend it highly. <laughs> of course, that's not the only way you can check out digital comics this week. We also have new freshly digitized comics added to Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, which you can find on marvel.com. Blake, lay it on me, brother. We have Thor, number 198 to 203. Amazing Spider-Man, number 39 and 40. The 1999 volume. Astonishing X-Men, number 14 through 16. We have Fantastic Four, number 141. Astonishing X-Men 17 through 21, which is similar to the Astonishing X-Men that we just talked about. Um, Amazing Spider-Man number 8. Avengers number 20 and 21. Current series. Astonishing X-Men number 45 and 46, like we again just talked about. And Avengers Academy number 22 through 24. Avengers The Children's Crusade number 8. And then Black Panther, The Most Dangerous Man Alive, number 523.1. Beautifully put, Blake. Mm -hmm. You're a poet. Um, would you also like to enlighten us on the new stuff we have available this week, specifically from our friends at Diamond Select? Well, Diamond Select has released a 7-inch tall Hawkeye figure. It's really cool. I brought a picture here, everyone. That's great, man. No one can see that, but it's us. Uh, <laughs> it's from... Um, hold it up to the microphone. No, you're holding it sideways. No one's going to be able to see it now. Wow. It's a Jeremy Renner figure, you know, it's Avengers, the film figure, but it looks like him, right, everyone? Yeah, it yeah, looks no. exactly like Jeremy Renner. Um, I thought that was a picture of Jeremy Renner you brought from your personal collection. I have a lot of his photos. Yes. Also, they're doing reissues of some figures like Cyclops, Thing, Magneto, Abomination, and there's some really cool stuff here. Diamond Select has some amazing. I'm glad you brought toys. pictures of all of them. Well, they printed out accidentally. You, you were very prepared for this podcast. The, look at the Cyclops people. Yeah, check that um, out. Check that out, audience. Have fun. 
someday we'll be able to show. There someday through technology. There are photos up online. Yeah. <laughs> you can Internet. Go to, you can go to marble.com and check them out. All right, we're gonna send things across the country to our good friend Mark Stromy Strom, who is going to tell us what's coming up with games, movies, and TV this week. Stromy. Hey y'all, this is Marvel.com assistant editor Mike Strom doing an impersonation of Marvel.com associate producer Blake Garris doing an impression of Marvel.com assistant editor Mike Strom. Y'all, I'm gonna be talking about the movies, the moving pictures, they project them on the sides of bonds and you ride up on your cow and you sit and you endure them. Anyway, one moment. Greetings this week in Marvel listeners, this week in Marvel lights. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Stromy, Mark Strom, coming to you from, as always, sunny Los Angeles. Although not nearly as hot as New York was last week, as in New York last week, and it was very, very hot to the point of I don't think I have ever sweat so much in my life. I had this disgusting layer of just like salt and brine just on me by the end of last Thursday from walking around is very, very nice. So now, coming off of that wonderful image, I will be giving you... <laughs> The latest in stores and on TV and in theaters for Marvel games, TV, movies, etc. Of course, the big thing this week, or rather next week, but the big thing in between this podcast and our next podcast is, of course, The Amazing Spider-Man, which comes out in theaters on July 3rd, which is next Tuesday. I actually have not seen this yet. I'm actually going to see it myself tonight. I'm very excited for it, though. I'm a huge Andrew Garfield fan. I'm a huge Emma Stone fan. I'm a huge Dennis Leary fan. So, you know, you get, like, all three of them together in one movie and throw in Gwen Stacy, who I will forever hold is the true love of Peter Parker's life. And it's a Spider-Man movie that I very, very much want to see and I'm very much excited for. But yes, of course, it comes out July 3rd. It's in theaters and IMAX 3D. And of course, we'll be in you know, 3D in regular theaters. You know, they shot this movie in the full-on 3D cameras. Bits of it that I've seen in 3D itself in some uh, sizzle reels and presentations and everything uh, over the course of the past year. It's just, it looks very, very gorgeous. Just beyond the fact that it looks like a really great and fun Spider-Man movie, it looks also just like a very gorgeous movie just period the photography on it looks incredible but yes we get a somewhat snarkier somewhat more sarcastic peter this time around which i'm also very much looking forward to because i do enjoy my peter parker with a good deal of i don't know sass i guess you'd call it well i don't know would you describe peter parker as sassy snarky sarcastic he's not only sarcastic but he's, he's a wisecracker he cracks wise he cracks wise a lot he is a wisecracker he is a crack that wises let's say that Anyway, of course, in other Amazing Spider-Man news, we also had Spidey's new big video game come out this past Tuesday. It's available on Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, Nintendo Wii, Nintendo DS, and Nintendo 3DS. This 
video game, The Amazing Spider-Man, aptly called, actually serves as an epilogue to the film. The events of the game are set after the film. You see a lot of elements of the film carry over, a lot of the themes of the film carry over into this. The game is open world once again, which I know I'm really excited for. I know a lot of other fans are really excited for. We haven't really had a uh, open world Spider-Man game since Spider-Man Web of Shadows about, what is that now, four years ago or so, probably? But you can explore this really rich, really uh, vast New York and get to face off against some cool redesigned characters and villains, such as there's a redesigned Scorpion, a redesigned Rhino, a redesigned Felicia Hardy, a redesigned Vermin, a redesigned Iguana, and actually Iguana, who, I'm not going to lie, is a Spider-Man villain that I was not familiar with before you know, hearing about him in the game. His design looks sick in this thing. Of course, you can check all this out on Marvel.com, you know, full previews, full spotlights on the characters, all that good jazz. But that isn't the only Amazing Spider-Man video game we have. We also have the Amazing Spider-Man mobile game available today for iOS and Android devices. This is also a very excellent game. It's open world, again, just as the console game is, but you basically swing around New York, carrying out around different missions and different tasks, and you face off against a bunch of lizard creatures, and you face off against a bunch of thugs and hooligans and no good nicks. And I'm fairly certain I'm the only person under the age of 65 who says no good nick. But yeah, you can pick that up, or download it rather, for your iOS and Android devices now. And, as if all that wasn't enough, we also released Marvel Pinball 3D today. This is available in the Nintendo eShop for Nintendo 3DS. It brings four awesome Marvel Pinball tables to your 3DS. Those are Iron Man, Captain America, Blade, and Fantastic Four, I believe. So you can play all of those, download in them in the Nintendo eShop. I've played them myself. It's the first 3D game that I've played where there wasn't that transition or the sort of that disjoint moment at the beginning where you sort of like have to adapt towards the 3D. I think largely that's because you're sort of used to that depth of field when playing on an actual pinball table. You're used to it having those layers and it being its own thing, standing apart. It's not like a typical video game, which you're more used to just being, you know, the flat screen. But it's very cool. And if you have a Nintendo 3DS, I highly recommend you download it and give it a shot if you enjoy Marvel Pinball on any of the other platforms, you know, on your Xbox box or on your PlayStation 3 or on your PS Vita, I think you really enjoy this one as well. Now moving over to the world of television and even more Spider-Man goodness, we of course have new episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes this Sunday inside Marvel Universe beginning at 11 a.m. 10 central. First up is an episode of Ultimate Spider-Man entitled Me Time, in which Peter Parker decides to take a day for himself. But with the typical Parker luck, that doesn't go so great for him. And for the first time 
Spidey comes face to face with Dr. Octopus in the series. We've seen Doc Ock sort of hovering around in the shadows for the entire season so far, working with Norman Osborn on various things. Of course, Ock created the Venom symbiote. He's been doing some other stuff. This is the first time that we get to see Spidey and Doc Ock face off one-on-one. And the icing on the cake, Spidey also battles one of my favorite Marvel villains, Whirlwind, decked out in his classic costume, you know, the big green helmet with like the weird little horn spiky antler things on the top and the weird, I don't know, I love that costume. I remember one of the, actually maybe the very first Avengers comic I ever bought was an old issue of the Avengers, issue 163, I think, that had 163, 164, somewhere around there. And had the Avengers facing Whirlwind and a few other foes. So, for whatever reason, I've always loved Whirlwind. But, faces off against him as well. You have all that to look forward to. And then, in Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, it's an episode entitled Prisoner of War. And if you've been following the series, of course, you know that at the end of Season 1, Captain America was kidnapped by the Skrulls and replaced by a Skrull imposter. Well, in this episode, we once again focus on the real Captain America, not fake Skrull Captain America, or Captain Skrull America, as I think he should be called. I just made that up right now. Maybe that's not such a great name, but it seems great right now. So we get to see Captain America finally fight the Skrulls and try and uh, break free from his imprisonment. And this, of course, starts really ramping things up for our big secret invasion storyline this year. And to round things out once more, on DVD this week is Iron Man Armored Adventures Season 2, Volume 1, which collects the first six episodes of Season 2 of the Iron Man series. It, of course, features the beginnings of the Armor Wars story arc that spans the first half of the second season, and it features Tony sort of stepping up into the role and trying to gain control of his company now that his father has gone missing, presumed dead. And yeah, so if you haven't had a chance to catch up on season two yet, this is a great opportunity. If you have, you know how awesome he is. And rewatch them all over again once you pick this up. So with that, I'll leave this because I've been droning on for 10 minutes now and our associate producer, Blake Garris, is probably mentally just shooting daggers at me in his mind with his mind's eye all the way across the country to my mind because I promised him that I would keep this short as I'm getting this to him rather late. But I will wrap up with that and be back with you shortly. Okay, and we're back. Thank you very much, Stromy. We'll go back out to you in a second. Now we've got the latest Marvel news for this week. In the world of comics, we've been releasing a series of teasers proclaiming this is war. I have seen a lot of guesses online as to what it is. I don't know if they're right or not, but I think you guys are going to be very pleased when you find out what we're teasing. We've got a few more coming up, and you can find out more in just a couple weeks at San Diego Comic-Con International at the Amazing Spider-Man panel. Wow, it's sneaking up on us. We also announced this week that we are teaming up with Susan G. Komen, Fight for the Cure, for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Coming up in October, we're going to be releasing variant covers of a bunch of our comics with a pink theme to them. So your favorite superheroes are going to have pink costumes to raise awareness for breast cancer and search for the cure. 
We had a Q&A with Brian Wood talking about both X-Men and Ultimate Comics X-Men. We introduced you to Captain Marvel artist Dexter Soy, who is going to be a big star very, very soon. We looked inside his sketchbook. That was a lot of fun. Starting a new feature called The History of Iron Man, which is pretty ambitious. We're going to do a 52-part history of Iron Man. Is that every, all? Yeah, every week. <laughs> every week, we have a new year. So that's going to be 50 parts. I misspoke because he's been around for 50 years. But every week, we're going to have a new year. And we get a lot of information on that. If you or a friend or family member only knows Iron Man from the movies, you want to get to know the comics, it's the way to get in on the ground floor. We had some brushes with some famous people over the course of the last week. Uh, we had WWE diva AJ in, and she was a guest on The Watcher. We'll be doing more with AJ on the future. She was very nice. Mm-hmm. Blake, you weren't here. Yep. She missed you. She asked where you were. I missed her, too. But we also had uh, the Marvel Life article with Baron Ambrosia from the Cooking Channel. James Viscardi spoke to this fella. You got to edit that, Blake. He's a big uh, Spider-Man fan, right? Big Spider-Man yeah. fan. Interesting character. I'm very interested in his show now. So He dresses well. He dresses very well. He's got a cool car as well. He does have a cool car. So I was, I was impressed with that. And finally, our psych ward for this week is Kid Gladiator, who was featured in Wolverine and the X-Men, which is my twin of the week. So do be sure to check that out. Blake, you and Kristen went on a little adventure this morning, I understand. We Wednesday did. morning, so it might not be this morning when it comes. We did. Kristen's all smiley about it. Yeah, Kristen and I are both in a very good mood after this. Due to the movie coming out, there's been Spider-Man Week in New York City, and we had the opportunity, along with Judy Stevens, our great photographer, slash everything else, we went to the American Museum of Natural History, and basically, Spider-Man came from the sky, like he does. I think he's from a building, not from the sky. No, he comes from the sky. I'm going to stick with it. Okay. And he brought down a Chilean rose tarantula to Norman Platnick, the curator of the Spiders Alive exhibition. And then as some special guests came out. Uh, Andrew Garfield was there. Mark Webb showed up, the director of the film. Nobody knew he was coming, so that was very exciting. Uh, Andrew Garfield signed autographs, took photos with people. I think Kristen got a Spider-Man comic signed. Yes. Two of them, I think. Whoa. Yeah. Yes. So, it was a really cool thing. We're going to have uh, an article and some photos up very soon. It was a cool event to get set up for the movie. So, yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Blake and Kristen. We're going to go back out to Stromy once again for the latest news in the world of Hollywood. Thank you, Stromy. Hey, y'all. This is Mark Strom. I'm going to be doing the second part. Second part. Welcome back this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Strami with you once more. And as far as the news goes, we're actually a little light on news news because we had so many things coming out this week. You know, the Iron Man Armored Adventures DVD, Amazing Spider Man movie, game, mobile game, Marvel Pinball 3DS, all that good stuff. But we do have a few news items for you, beginning with Marvel's The Avengers past the $600 million mark in domestic box office gross this week. And that is huge because Marvel's The Avengers is now only the third movie of all time to cross that mark domestically. Of course, the other two are some, you know, small 
obscure indie movies you might have heard of called Titanic and Avatar. I don't know, I just heard about them for the first time. Evidently, they were supposed to be a big thing or something. But we passed the $600 million mark, which keeps us at the number three position for domestically of all time. And yeah, I don't know, this movie, what can I say? It's awesome, it's doing well, it's deservedly so. It's just, it's an incredibly, incredibly good time. And I don't know, I know that everyone who worked on it is incredibly proud of it. I'm incredibly proud to have, you know, been able to have worked on it in whatever small capacity, you know, that I was able to. And it's just really stunning and really, really cool that we were able to reach that mark. If you haven't seen it yet, of course, I don't know what rock you're living under or, you know, if you're Charlton Heston who just crash landed in space on Earth, off space after being stuck up there for a few decades or something, but go see it. Or, you know, go see it again. It's an incredible movie. I've seen it probably, how many times have I seen it now? Three times? Four times? I don't know. I've seen it a lot. I love it. Anyway. Moving on to more Avengers news, we also announced that the Avengers Blu-ray and DVD will hit stores on September 25th of this year, and that also means that the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1 Avengers Assembled Blu-ray box set will hit on that same day, September 25th. We'll be bringing you more details on both the box set and the regular Marvel's The Avengers Blu-ray including what special features you can expect, what bonuses there are, all that good stuff. Expect to hear more from that tomorrow, this Friday. And yeah, so keep your eyes open for that. Aside from that, we have of course been bringing you more amazing Spider-Man photos and clips this week. Head over to marvel.com right now and check them out. And that pretty much wraps things up. So, thank you once again for listening. I will speak with you again next week, and since 4th of July will have already happened by the time I speak to you again next week, to those of our listeners living in the United States, have a happy 4th of July, a great holiday, and I will speak to you next week. Okay, and we're back. Thank you once again, Stromy. And now we are coming to our favorite part of the show. It's the This Week in Marvel questions from Twitter. Reminder, once again, if you throw out the hashtag This Week in Marvel, you can interact with us. We will answer your questions on the show. We answer pretty much every question we get. It takes a little while, but we get to it. And as long as it's not, you know, lewd or inappropriate or doesn't make Blake too angry, we will do our best to get to it. So please send us your questions at Marvel, at Ben J. Morris, at Blake Garris, at Agent underscore M. As long as you use the hashtag This Week in Marvel, we will get them. And we start out this week with at JNA Studios. My buddy, you sent me those Death Head comics. Nice guy. He doesn't have a question. He has an explanation. He says, the real reason Agent M hates Gambit is because Remy stole Ryan's tacos. Hashtag Thieves Guild. It's plausible. I don't it's plausible. It. I mean, Ryan won't reveal why he hates Gambit. Mm-hmm. He's very cagey about it. So Cajun-y. He's very cagey about it. So, you know, that's as good a possibility as anyway. I, I don't even know what to say to you. All right, we've got at B Malin. 87, or at B.M. Allen, because his name is Benjamin Allen. Following X Sanction, where is Cable? He has a vested interest in Hope's future and is a no-show so far in AVX. We've been asked this on the AVX podcast. Tom Brevoort and Nick Lowe have both been a little cajun about it. They have said, you know, yeah, Cable's out there. He uh, does have an interest in what's going on, and he doesn't have a Decano organic virus. 
not going to say anything definitive, but I will say, you know, going through all that trouble in Avengers X Sanction to cure Cable and to bring him back. If we didn't use him again, that'd be kind of weird. So, keep an eye out. Benjamin Allen also wants to know, will we get to see more Phoenix-powered Colossus in tie-ins or future AVX issues? Yes. Phoenix-powered Colossus plays a big role coming up in the main AVX series, and I think we might see him in Versus again. I'm not sure about that. He's been a Versus stud. Nick Lowe loves using him. We have some wrestling-themed questions from at Brad the YM. I'm going to make a request to you, Brad the YM. I know Ryan would love to answer these along with me, so I request that you send these again next week so we can get back to your Elimination Chamber questions because I don't think Kristen has an answer for you. Nope. Unless you have an opinion, Kristen. Unfortunately, I don't. You want to talk about the Elimination Chamber? No. Who did you have picked in the Elimination Chamber this year? Huh? I don't know. Yeah? <laughs> Triple H. Triple H, good, yeah, Blake just threw that one out there. All right, moving the heck along. We have an explanation from at CheapGN, Max Beckman, our graphic novels specialist. says, the McFarlane-Spidey confusion, last week we were trying to figure out why certain stories were not in certain volumes of the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man, said stems from the fact that Perceptions is actually the third hardcover. Masks is the second. You know what any of that means, Blake? No. No. But you know what? I think it helps someone out there, so yeah. thank you very much. At Immortal Thor 99 has a question for Nick Lowe, who's not here, because he's not on the podcast regularly. What's going on for Kane Marco now that he's not Juggernaut or Kurth? Any plans? I think we had this a few weeks ago, and we said maybe not any immediate plans, but Kane Marco is still definitely out there. So sorry to be cagey, cageny about it. Cageny. But he still exists. At Immortal Thor 99 also wants to know, post-AVX should be AVX Trust, a one-shot where the Avengers and X-Men do trust exercises with Vision and Shadowcat catching. You understand what he did there? It's kind of... Because they're both... They're powers. Tangible. Yeah, thank it's you. It's kind of sweet. It's not sweet, because if they catch, they're going to drop them. <laughs> it's very subversive. He fooled you. You got played... For- All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> at Immortal Thor 99 sorry I meant that last question for the AVX podcast I'm assuming the one he directed at Nick Lowe of the AVX podcast no problem Chris just get it back to us when we do another AVX podcast next week at QWERTY D Daniel Cliff another UK fan here been listening to This Week in Marvel for a while now and love it keep it up there's two smiley face emoticons in there hello thank you that's a thank you from British Blake Garris to you Daniel Cliff what an honor for you <laughs> At Jedi Lamont, is there any chance of Stromy being in an AVX podcast with Nick Lowe? Hmm. They both have very nice laughs. So they that do. They be, have excellent laughs. Good. I don't know. That might collapse the universe mm-hmm. if that happened. I don't think it exists. Technology-wise, we'd have to have Stromy call in. But, you know, if you guys want to see it, we got to make it happen. So True. just keep requesting it. Vote with your dollars. And by that, I mean pay us. At Jedi Lamont, glad to hear that Venom's web is its tendrils from a couple weeks back. But then when watching Ultimate Spider-Man the other week, Venom's web was around an enemy and separate from Venom's body. What's up with that? Well, we were talking about Venom in the comics. He could have a different deal in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. I know in the comics that he generates his webs uh, to do his tendrils, but also he's been able to do that in the past. He can fire off his tendrils. They don't need to be attached to him to keep existing. So I'm going to go with saying that those are still his tendrils. What do you think, Blake? Uh, you can go reread the question. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. There's some crazy questions coming up. You want to start reading some questions? No, continue. Okay. I, right. I can. I will. All right, go for it. All right, well, Blake's trying to find what page we're on. I'm going to keep going. At King Phoenix, 
Would a silver surfer beard be actual hair, or would it look like silver grated cheese? I'm going to go to our beard expert on this one, uh, Mike Garris. I believe he's right. Silver grated cheese. Yeah? It's not that he's right. He's asking a question. It would look like silver grated cheese. I mean, grated cheese, it depends on what kind of cheese, yeah? really. So, What kind of cheese do you think would look like a um, silver surfer's beard? Gouda? Gouda. Yeah. Nice soft cheese. Yeah. Yeah. A German cheese? Yep. This is right up there when Anthony was talking to Tim about hats the Hulk would wear that time. Cheese is more important than hats. I think, I think it is slightly above. Yeah. At Face Soprano. Might be a bit early, but would you happen to know if the director's cut of Avengers will be on the DVD or Blu-ray only? We haven't confirmed that there is a director's cut. In fact, I believe Joss Whedon said that there is not a director's cut. So... I really shouldn't be commenting on that sort of stuff anyways. I'm not a Marvel Studios guy. You can ask Strami about it, but as far as I know, there is no director's cut, but the DVD and Blu-ray will be out this fall. At HWView, great podcast banter between Tom and Nick, but Nick sounds really drunk. No comments. At HWView, Olivier Quifel rocks. And do we call Scott Cyclops or Dan Magneto? Kristen, you want to tackle that one? No comment. Yeah, she's learning. At HWView, Gage delivers another good AVX tie-in. Emma is jealous Pim is a better teacher than she ever was, referring to Christos Gage's work on Avengers Academy. Anthony, I see you nodding. It was a really good issue. It was a really good issue. Christos Gage is doing some excellent tie-ins, both in uh, X-Men Legacy and Avengers Academy. Blake, you want to read one? Yeah, we're at... I'm still trying to skip it. Okay, at Jman15... 393 would like to know what's a true believer jacob true believer is a term going back to the 60s that stan lee created to refer to marvel fans so when we say hey there true believers we're saying hey marvel fans you're part of the family you're part of the club at miss marvel girl jen is back she pops in every once and again she made a heart sign and she said man i have to catch up between 616 and this week in marvel i'm about eight years behind is that is the math check out on that Blake? I don't even. You don't even. I'm caught up, though. You're trying to catch up. I saw yeah. that's what you're trying to do. All right, man, hit him. All right, this is at Ryan by Josh. His Twitter name is Josh the Bad Guy. Just listen to the podcast episode 34, and I agree that the characters are what makes Marvel the best. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. The writers are great. The Artists. illustrators are great. Yeah. Ben's great. Edit- Ryan's great. The editors. The in- My intern's great. All that, just for that. That's what you were building up to the whole time, wasn't it? Now we have Josh the Bad Guy again. To Ben, during your trip to Boston, did you stop by any comic book stores? And if so, give a shout out. When I was in Boston two weekends ago for my sister's bridal shower, which Blake wanted to go to. but I had everything packed. I know. We unfortunately didn't have room on Mm -hmm. the guest list. I did not stop by any comic book stores while I was in Boston. I didn't really have a chance. I was very busy. But when I am in Boston, I like to go to New England Comics. I like to go to Newberry Comics, which, of course, is nationwide now. But, you know, those are my favorite stores. The stores I went to when I was a kid have all since closed. So when I go back and visit, i got to go to the big chain stores. Another one from Josh the Bad Guy. I've been paying close attention to the podcast. Seems like there is a Marvel movie in the works. Can't wait for the news. Josh, I'm excited to tell you that not only is there a Marvel movie in the works, we have been putting out movies for almost a decade. Where have you been, man? There's no Marvel movies at work. We just put out Avengers. It broke like every box office record Are ever. Are you not happy, Josh? Are you, are you not? <laughs> what do you mean by Marvel movie in the works, man? We have every Marvel movie. We got Iron Man. We got Captain America. We got Thor. We got 
Avengers, we've got more Thor coming, more Captain America, more Iron Man. So, yes, lots of stuff in the works. A good segue. His next comment is, <laughs> now that I have minus 10 twin you points. You now have 20 after yeah, that last one. What can I do to get back to zero or above zero? Need, I praise, executioner song. Bad news, Josh. You just went even lower. Yep. So you are further from zero and above than ever. This could have been a precursor, and he's a wizard. Yeah, maybe he is a wizard, Blake. Anyways, next one is Kyle Lefevre. He says, question, Northstar getting married? Didn't Wolverine kill him like five years ago? He is referring to the Enemy of the State storyline in Wolverine by Mark Miller and John Romita Jr. Wolverine did kill Northstar, and Wolverine at the time was under the control of the Hand. Wolverine was freed from the Hand's control. Northstar was resurrected by the Hand, so then he was a bad guy. He went back after Wolverine. They fought again. was captured by the X-Men, and eventually, after a lot of work, X-Men and S.H.I.E.L.D. were able to basically deprogram him and bring him back. So Northstar did die. But he's back, and now he's married. So it's a happy ending for everybody. Knowledge. From Michael Prestone, or Michael Dodd, his twin of the week, he says, is when Captain America bossed around Iron Man. Could be lots of different times. It's a very weird twin of the week. Mm -hmm. I'm going to jump over to Pat Loika, Lickamania. He says, any podcast with a Heath Slater reference is a win. Last week we referenced the one-man Southern Rock Band from Monday Night Raw. I forgot that we did it until I got this tweet. Very exciting. Always good to get on Pat Loika's good side. Come to a few from at Laser Mountain Monster. We discussed Marvel Universe baking skills before. That got ugly when we discussed that. That was the whole pie versus cobbler debate. Who would be the best to run the barbecue? This is my forte again, right? Why? Is this barbecue your... is huge in the South. So right, I assume yeah, everything I say is fact and not opinion. Yes, go for it. Blake. I believe Wolverine. You have to be a crouchy old man to make good barbecue. Is that your experience? This is a fact. Okay. So Wolverine, who else is a crotchy old man? Ooh, who else? Magneto. Magneto? Would Magneto mm, be good? No. He could, he could work the tongs and stuff. He doesn't need to pick them up. Yeah, he'd be a helper. He wouldn't make it barbecue. Yeah, helper. <laughs> I think Cyclops would be good because he could just like cook them food himself. About, about Human Torch. It takes three days to cook barbecue. Not They could just like nuke it, yeah. and then it'd be barbecue, but it would be good like Wolverine's good. barbecue. Wolverine has the patience to get this done, Yeah. you're saying. All right, yeah. man. I think we stick with Wolverine then. There we go. All right. At Laser Mountain Monster, I got a fever. The only prescription, more cable and AVX. We covered that a little bit earlier. Stay tuned. At Laser Mountain Monster, as for giving away our codes for free digital, I've already been giving mine to a gal at work. She gets them for her kids. That's very nice. That's a nice way to use those digital codes, get kids reading comics. Just double check which comics you're giving the codes to first because, I don't know, don't want to give them like Wolverine Best There Is or Marvel Zombies Destroy or something like that. You know, lend responsibly. At T-Bear 220, what would a Blake Garris comic look like? 60 pages of nothing? Well, wow. I'm glad to just be my own hashtag. You, oh, yeah, um, you were hashtag, hashtag yeah. Blake Garris. This is because he's a strommy stormtrooper. Yep, I got the hashtag, so 60 pages of that. Do you think a Blake Garris comic would be 60 pages long? No, like 12. Like 12 pages? Yeah. A short story? Yeah. Anthony, what do you think would happen in a Blake Garris comic? There'd be a lot of fishing. There's some catfish. There'd be barbecue. That's all you think of when you think of Blake? Yes, he has and no accents. Depth. And not just the southern accent, the British accent. Right. Drive a car like the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. I think there'd be a lot of celebrity guest appearances. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I do travel in important packs. You don't travel in important packs, you stalk important people. <laughs> There's a very big difference. Potato, potato, whatever. <laughs> At QY underscore Hulk Up had a lot of questions for us. What exactly is Remender's last Venom issue? You know, I don't know off the top of my head. I know it's coming out in August. 
I know it's going to be the epilogue to the Savage Six story. So go check on Marvel.com. I'm sure we got it listed. And then Colin Bunn comes in a couple weeks later is the new right. At QI underscore Hulk up, where are Cloak and Dagger? Uh, we last saw them in Spider Island. You're going to see them again this summer in Wolverine in Sabretooth Reborn. Cloak played a big role in the last Romulus story. So Cloak's coming back there. Dagger's involved as well. Jeff Loeb's very excited to use them. At QI underscore Hulk up, what happened to the Wild Pack? Do you guys know who the Wild Pack is? Yes, it's Silver Sable's like mercenary team. Yeah, speak up, Anthony. We, <laughs> sorry, we sorry. get a lot of complaints sorry. that people can't hear you on the Silver podcast because you mumble smugly. I am not one of those complainers. No, he likes not hearing you on the <laughs> podcast. Of course, yeah. Silver Sable's mercenary team. It's Silver Sable's support squad. They had a book back in the 90s called Silver Sable and the Wild Pack. They still exist. You see them sometimes with Silver Sable. They'll show up. Wasn't one of the members in Avenging Spider-Man number Correct. Eight? Very astute young Anthony. In Avenging Spider-Man number 8, it was a flashback story, and we got to see the Wild Pack in action. So they're still around somewhere. Uh, now that Silver Sable's dead, I'm sure they're hanging out in Samarkia, not collecting a paycheck, trying to figure out what to do with their lives, updating their resumes. It's all good. At QI underscore Hulk up, where is Black Bolt? He's been appearing in Fantastic Four and FF recently. He will be showing up in those pages again very, very soon. At QI underscore Hulk up asks Ryan, isn't Madeline Pryor a Jean Grey clone? She is. I don't know what that's in reference to, but yeah, that was an easy one to answer. So there you go. At Randall Woodow, at Nick Lowe, turning up to personally answer my Executioner song question, another awesome This Week in Marvel random moment. I was hoping we might get another cameo this week, but because Nick Lowe is at the Creative Summit with Ryan and everyone oh, else, yeah. but I was hoping maybe he'd stop by for lunch and swing by and see us, but you know, anytime we can get a Nick Lowe cameo is great. At Randall Woodow, I am amazed by Blake Garris's excellent British accent. How does he do with an Australian one? It's basically my British accent with Australian words. Are you going to demonstrate? Hello, kangaroo, Mad Max. Oh, good. Mad Max reference. What up? You could said Boomerang, Dingo. Mad Max. Mad Max and Kangaroo <laughs> summed it up. I got you, man. Well done. Thunderdome. Yeah. <laughs> At Randall Woodow, question for the whole group. What is your favorite costume of any character and why? Let's start with Kristen. I'm going to say Iron Man's costumes because he has so many different ones and they're so like technologically advanced and fancy and he's my favorite character who has the best costumes, I think. Very good answer. All right, Anthony, let's see how you blow so this one. With Spider-Man and his costumes, like the 90s silver armor plated. What? Yeah, the come on. spider I armor? Love, I love that cartoon, and when he showed up in that armor, it was great. But also, like, the new bulletproof armor that was in Dan Slott's story. So you like Spider-Man variation costumes? Yes. Yeah. Iron right. Spider, everything like that. Fair enough. Because when you're Spider-Man and you swing around the city, nothing's better than a bulky, <laughs> steel-plated, heavy costume. It's very functional. Blake? Cyclops with his hair out oh the 90s version because he has some nice hair yeah he, why does he hide it i know no surprise for me nova's my favorite costume uh, old school nova not new great mix uh, the new one's fine but i like the old school one just cool mix of colors neat symbol great helmet enough said at ref gemlin i'd heard the boys at this week in Mar we're not all boys ref we have a lady with us this week yep. and every week i'd heard the boys at this week in marvel discuss marvel pinball before but previously had never considered playing it until now listen to this week in marvel 33.5 and downloaded zen pinball then bought the captain america table great fun gonna be great for trains then i follow up with working from home today but itching to play at marvel pinball at ben j morris what have you done to me thank you I wasn't on the Marvel Pinball podcast. I don't think I did anything. What I, have you done to him? I don't know, but I don't know why. He's, why is it great on trains? <laughs> That's awesome. I picture him on like a tiny train. Yeah. 
Thank you, Ref Gamlin. Thank you for that tweet. That really made my day, knowing that you're playing Zen Pinball on the train. We have another at Ref Gamlin question. On the penultimate panel, the first fight in ADX versus number three, why does it say after Kirby in the bottom corner? It's a good question, Ref. When an artist homages another artist's previous work, so if they do a panel that looks like something someone did in the past that'll happen on covers a lot, it's kind of standard practice to say after and then put the original artist's name. So like if someone does a takeoff of the giant size X-Men number one cover, they'll say, you know, after Dave Cockrum. I don't know what the particular panel you're talking about was, but it was first fight in ADX versus number three. That was Thing versus Colossus. Yes. So I'm betting, yeah, it's probably homaging an old Hulk versus Thing fight and paying tribute to Jack Kirby who did the original panel. So there you go. Last one from at Ref Gamlin. Every panel on every page of ABX number six was beautiful. Quapel and team did an amazing job. My twim of the week. Can't disagree with that. At Roninitis, since Marvel Universe figures been around for a while, sounds like you, Blake, will we start seeing vehicles and playsets? I want a Quinjet. Blake, didn't you do stories about like the Hellcarrier and stuff that's coming out for Avengers? That was before me. That was, that was like, right that was before. was pre you? Yeah. All right, well, they exist. They do, and they're there's awesome. A hel- there's a Hellcarrier. I've seen pictures. So you've seen pictures. I think there's a cool exclusive one in San Diego at Comic-Con. There's going to be a different kind of Hellcarrier. So yeah, definitely there's some vehicles out there. Uh, go to your local Toys R Us or toy dealer. Is there still KB Toys? That's shut down. Right? There is, I believe. Oh, yeah? A couple. you got to search for them, though. I go to Target. They have action figures there. They do. They don't have very good selection, but... A lot of Marvel stuff, though. They do have a lot of Marvel stuff. At Roninitis, if you could, would you ever like to own a Minimate or action figure in your own likeness? The accessories alone would be sweet. I envision Blade with an audio equipment table with volume two. I envision Blake. (laughs) We should start calling you Blade. I envision Blake with an audio equipment table with volume tuners, maybe a volume switch that goes to 11. So a little Spinal Tap reference in there. Good Spinal Tap reference. You don't have an audio equipment table, do you? You just, Shh. just use your computer. I do. It's in front of me right now. Also, doesn't Kristen edit this podcast anyways? You basically <laughs> step back. You basically retire. All you do is hang out with celebrities now. Yeah. You make Kristen do all the busy work. And wear hats with you. And wear hats with you. Oh, yeah. Blake and I had a photo shoot earlier this week. We can't talk about it any more than that. Yes. But that was a lot of fun. Let's get our own action figures, though. Yeah, having an own action figure would be sweet, yeah. man. I would love to have one of those. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'd want a mini-mate. No. It's too small. Well, I want, I want like both. Blown. What about both? Yeah, if I get one, though, I want a Marvel Select figure. I'm going to talk to Zach O about yes. creating one for me. It would come with various facial hairstyles, so I could switch between unshaven, shaven, and half-ass beard. <laughs> I won't mind to have a hoagie. That would be your accessory? Yeah. A hoagie? Mm-hmm. That's cool. And galoshes. I think Anthony's would just be him, like, holding his finger up like he's about to say something, like he's about to make a point. Yeah. Probably. And, and, and a purse. A what? <laughs> a man purse? Yeah. <laughs> Kristen would just have a halo. Because mm. she's just the best. She's just fantastic. And an audio equipment table, so she can do all your work. That goes to a lot. Yeah, so she can do all your work for you. Another one from Et Roninitis. When does the two-foot-long shield hair carrier for the Marvel Universe hit stores? He just asked if we I, had vehicles. Well, I think that's the San Diego Comic-Con. That's the San Diego one. Comic-Con one. Thank you, Anthony. you got to go to San Diego Comic-Con as an exclusive. At Roninitis, who do we have to sweet talk to get a Peggy Carter action figure with a Haley Atwell likeness? That'd be freaking sweet. I don't know who has the rights to the Captain America figures, but I do know that our toy guru here at Marvel.com is Blake Garris. Oh, my God. Oh. It's a cameo. Oh. We got a cameo from at Agent M. How's it going, man? It's going all right. Yeah, how's the creative summit? My mind has been 
blown up by Jonathan Hickman. All over right. And over and over again. Yeah? It's intense. How's the rest of your week been going? You want it's to all up- right. Update the listeners. They've all been very concerned about you. We put off some questions for next week. Thank you. I don't know. I got food poisoning from Google right. when I went last week. Right. Blake didn't. So I assume he tried to poison me somehow. Yeah. Iron stomach. Cast iron stomach, cast iron head. Went to Roswell, hung out with some aliens. Yeah. It's good. Now I've been here. Yeah. Sitting in a chair, taking notes for two days. Pretty good notes, though. Yeah. Secrets to the future of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Where do you get back to your desk and read oh, no. everything that's going on? Oh, jeez. Yeah, Ryan's been updating me, and I had to duck away for the podcast. I was like, oh, he won't, I won't miss much. I assumed I was wrong. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Good times for that. It's good. Well, we gave our twins of the week. What were your twins of the week? I did Wolverine and the X Men. Huh? Blake said Amazing Spider Man. Mm. Anthony, suck up that he is, said Wolverine and the X Men or Amazing Spider Man. I said Wolverine and the X Men first. So double suck up <laughs> that he is. Yeah, you're sucking up <laughs> so that everywhere. now. And then Kristen went her own way and said Spider Man number two. Nice. She's independent. She's no, independent I, I actually I would agree with Kristen. Yeah. Spider Man number two or FF for me. Yeah, we spoke very highly of FF. Blake talked about that. Talked about he's like, I love they're riding elephants. Yeah, yeah. good stuff like they that. A dragon man is carrying the zebra like this zebra is thirsty. Yeah. Someone please help it. We I talked a lot about dragon man. We dig on the dragon man. I chose him a panel of him as our uh, panel of the day today. Yeah, sweet man. Yeah, see, I'm in my short break where I can get some food. Yeah, what are you doing here with us? Just go eat. I just wanted to make a cameo. I throw <laughs> off everything that you guys were doing. It's always been your dream to make a cameo on this show. On the, on the show that I created. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. I'll see you all later. Go rock it. Bye. See you later. That was Agent M, everybody. He normally hosts the show. He's lost it. I'm worried about him. <laughs> he needs lunch. Yeah, he needs lunch. He needs lunch badly. All right, so anyways, as I was saying, if you want that Peggy Carter action figure, tweet at Blake Garris. And, you have to sweet talk sweet ta- That's what I was going to say. Sweet talk now we're moving on to at Wolf Knight 26 who tweeted us as well as Google and YouTube. So this is an important tweet. Yay, another This Week in Marvel episode. I have been looking forward to a new one since I got caught up on episodes. Rock on. Google did not poison your food last week, Blake. Nope. They were very accommodating to you. Yes. At Wolf Knight 26 got my iPad last week, and the first app I downloaded was the Marvel Comics app. Thank you to This Week in Marvel. Thank you to Ryan Putney for downloading the Marvel Comics app. Hope you enjoy it. At Wolf Knight 26 Love both DC and Marvel. I love Marvel more for several reasons. One being, they don't have podcasts like This Week in Marvel, and DC doesn't have awesome guys like at Agent M, at Ben J. Morris, at Strami, and I can't read the last one. Blurry. Oh, at Blake Garris. Hashtag This Week in Marvel, hashtag FTW. Yeah, man, we appreciate that. You know, we put a lot of work into the podcast. Glad you guys are enjoying it. We're glad it sets us apart from certain other organizations. Hashtag YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping on the at Wolf Knight 26 kick, suffering from twiminitis, which is that I absolutely love this week in Marvel and I am always getting excited for future episodes. I think that's uh, twin points worthy. How many should I give him? Seven. Seven twin points, a weird, uneven number, courtesy of Blake Garris. Yeah, naming twiminitis, that's definitely worth it. At Wolf Knight 26, do you guys believe that one specific Marvel character is considered the face of Marvel? I think Spider Man is. Interesting question. Spider-Man is definitely our most well-known character, although I think recent years Iron Man has challenged him, and now it seems like the Hulk's making a push. I like to think all our characters are kind of the collective face of Marvel, but certainly, you know, you could make an argument for Spider-Man. What do you chumps think? I would go with Spider-Man or Cap. Spider-Man or Cap? Yeah. It's probably Spider-Man. Probably Spider-Man. So everyone says Spider-Man, so apparently I'm wrong. Okay. 
Another from at Wolf Knight 26. For you guys to mention me as a section of the question part of your show is an honor. Hashtag bowing to Marvel greatness. I mean, I guess it's an honor. It's mostly just when you ask like a dozen questions, we call it. No big section. deal. No big deal. You're welcome. Whatever. It's nothing. <laughs> Thank you, Blake. <laughs> Another from at Wolf Knight 26. It's another WWE question. Again, I'm going to ask you to defer that to next week because I know Ryan would love to answer that as well. So we'll both check in with that next week. Got a couple more at Wolf Knight 26. If there was a podcast championship belt made, there is no doubt in my mind that this week in Marvel would deserve it and hold it forever. We think, Blake, we fend off all competitors. Dude. You can't say that because then we'd be cocky and then we'd just wear suits to the That's podcast. That's the whole point, man. If you're going to hold the championship belt, you got to be cocky. I don't want to wear a suit to the podcast, man. No one's making you wear a suit to the podcast. What I told you wear happen? a tie to Google last week. You didn't do that. Because you said bolo ties were not appropriate. Yeah, no, bolo <laughs> ties are never appropriate. Oh, How man. dare you? How dare you, sir? All right, another wrestling one I'm going to say for Ryan. So at Wolf Night 26 please retweet your wrestling questions again after this podcast goes up. At Okramids, do comics writers write for the Marvel movies? If not, why not? They're not the direct screenwriters, because that's not, you know, their training. We have professional screenwriters who do this, but we do have something called the Marvel Creative Committee, which has such guys as, you know, Joe Quesada, Tom Brevoort, Axel Alonso, but also Brian Bendis, Matt Fraction, Ed Brubaker, and those guys will go out and consult on the movies, on the scripts, on everything, so they contribute. But, you know, it takes a different discipline to do every kind of writing. It's different to write novels than it is to write comics. It's different to write movies than it is to write comics. So you want someone who's experienced writing movies. It's not to say a comic writer could never write a Marvel movie. Maybe they will someday, but they definitely have input. At Simon Sebs, has there ever been a Marvel versus Capcom tie-in comic? There has been. It was written by our good friend Frank the Tank Thierry. I believe it came with Marvel versus Capcom number three. So if you, by the oh, no. Anthony, I, what am I wrong on? Fact think, check me. I think it came with the um, collector's edition. Collector's edition of Marvel vs. Capcom 3? Yeah. All right. You get the collector's edition of Marvel vs. Capcom 3, you get a free Marvel vs. Capcom tie-in comic written by Frank Tier. At Simon Sebs, if you could make an all-super-heroine team... Are you guys bumping elbows? I'm trying to be nice to him. That was very nice <laughs> of you. If you could make an all-super-heroine team, who would you put on? So an all-female superhero team. Let's start with Anthony on this one. Because we start with everyone else. I would say Captain Marvel. Yep. She-Hulk and Dagger. So just a three-person team. Yeah, this is going to be a three-person team. Called Dagger. Anthony's Angels. Exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> would you be in the book as, as Charlie? Yes. No one would buy that book. Blake! <laughs> Rogue. Yep. Jubilee in Training. I like that you made this weird karate <laughs> hand yeah. motion as you said Jubilee in Training. Not really Jubilee, but it, she's training to be up there. I'll put Storm. Really? You'll throw a storm of bone? Yeah. This is just an X-Men team so far. I don't know. Yeah? He wants to come back to you? Yeah. Kristen, who will be on your all-superheroine team? Rogue, She-Hulk, Spider-Woman. I'm just going to go with three. Just three? Yeah, I'll just, I'll just do three. Kristen's angels? Yes. They fight Anthony's angels? She-Hulk torn between two? <laughs> I would like to see a new Captain Marvel on there. I would like to see Psylocke. I would like to see Kitty Pride. I would like to see Firestar. I would like to see Danny Moonstar. I would like to see Monica Rambo. And for variety's sake, let's throw in uh, Lyra, the scroll lady that Johnny Storm was married to. Oh. Top that, Garrus. Sue Storm. Yeah. I'll throw her in there. You, you say it like you're doing her a favor. Yeah, I mean, if she's, yeah. I'll, I'll do three as well. Chris, Crystal is not on any. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> you know my feelings on Crystal. <laughs> Anthony Chanza. 
worst intern ever. True. Mm-hmm. True. True. <laughs> no more elbow bumps for you. All right. Hopefully we answered your question somewhere in there. At Simon Sebs, how many people have held the title of Captain Marvel and which is your favorite? I'm going to quiz our resident smarty pants, uh, Anthony no. Chanza. I don't know all of them. I know like three. Okay. Who's held the title of Captain Marvel? Well, there's Marvel. Marvel. Uh, you have Carol Danvers. Right. Spider-Man was Captain Marvel for a little while. Spider-Man was never Captain Marvel. No, he was Captain he, Universe. Captain Universe. Yep. Damn. Completely wrong. Wrong. Third strike, Chanza. <laughs> All right, I'm going home. You're up. I'm just going home. Blake, do you want to try to answer this one? I'm not going to give a three like Anthony said. I'm going to say five. Five? Do you know them? No. Kristen, you want to hazard a guess? I don't know. The Captain Marvels in the Marvel Universe. Major ones. There could be like one-offs here and there. Marvel, first Captain Marvel. Monica Rambeau, second Captain Marvel. Genus Vell, son of Marvel, third Captain Marvel. Phyla Vell, daughter of Marvel. Fourth Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, sixth Captain Marvel, because the fifth Captain Marvel was Novar, the protector, when he was on the Dark Avengers. So to my knowledge, there have been six Captain Marvels. Blake, you came the closest. Congratulations. How do you feel? I just want to say to the people that Ben knows as much about 80s music as he does about this. I think I know, so, I know more about this. Yeah, but... I know a lot about 80s music. See? Don't get me wrong. So I ask him questions But it's not just 80s It's like hair metal, metal music. I don't like 80s R&B. We're going to do a trivia night one day, yeah. and we're going to rake in the prizes. I look forward to that. What are you going to contribute? The prizes. <laughs> At Simon's... Oh, we didn't say who our favorite Captain Marvel was. I really like Genus. He was my favorite. He was the legacy in the 90s. You have no idea. No. You have no idea. Anthony's favorite was Spider-Man. Novar. I thought you liked Spider-Man. Stop. (laughs) Well, no, I like Novar's because he was conflicted on Mm -hmm. Dark Avengers. You didn't even know he was Captain Marvel until five minutes ago. I forgot. No, because he thought he was doing good and then realized, oh no, I'm on the wrong side. Kristen, do you have a favorite Captain Marvel? I don't know too much about Captain Marvel. So Carol Danvers it is. Yeah. Good answer. (laughs) Yes. At Simon Sebs, who's the person in the comic industry you would like to interview most for This Week in Marvel and haven't yet? Very good question. You know, I'd love to get Juxada on the podcast. I think he'd be a lot of fun. I also would really like to get Kieran Gillen because we're always talking so highly about his books. And I'd like to get Dan Abnett and Andy Lannon because they're buddies of mine and they're very funny and they're British. And I think they get a kick out of Blake. Oh, oh, it just hit me. Two people. Yeah. Jeff Loeb. Yes. I would love to interview and Jonathan Hickman because he's oh, yeah. from he lives in the state that I'm from. You guys would bond. So he's got facial hair too, just like See? Me. Yeah. And we could talk about barbecue and Wolverine. <laughs> Every time Jeff Loeb sees me, he goes, Hello, Doctor Morse. And I'm not actually a doctor. So that's great. I saw him in the elevator today. And I was so good just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anthony, who'd you like to have on the podcast? Jamie McKelvey. Jamie McKelvey, interesting choice. Good choice. Kristen? I would agree with Jeff Loeb. Yeah. I really like his work. You know he's here today. I know. should get his autograph. <laughs> well, Anthony's, well, Anthony's getting Matt Fractions. At Simon Sebs, what's your favorite comic storyline besides Executioner's Song? Besides Executioner's Song? There's such a huge drop-off after Executioner's Song. There's like there's not even any point to asking that. That's It's like there's Executioner's Song and then there's everything else like well, 800 degrees below it. I can't answer this one. Blake, do you have a favorite? Oh, you know what I like? I like Avengers Under Siege. That may be my second favorite. That one, that's great. Infin- Would you not put Infinity, Infinity Gauntlet? Well. Gauntlet? I was going to say, Infinity Gauntlet might be number three, but Avengers Under Siege is like my favorite Avengers story. So I'd say, I have trouble ranking them other than Executioner Song is far and away number one. So yours Infinity Gauntlet? Yeah. Right. I really like the Gauntlet 
for Amazing Spider-Man. Really? Okay. Yeah. Kristen? I would need time to think about it. Yeah. Really Carol Danvers? Yep. Good answer. At Wetheaded Hero. Wow, didn't think you guys would actually comment on my tweet. Prove me wrong. This Week in Marvel equals the best podcast around. Yeah, we comment on most tweets. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> Whatever, man. You're welcome. No big deal. cool. At Webheaded Hero. With it being so close to the release of The Amazing Spider-Man, what are you most excited to see, i.e. Lizard, Stone, Garfield? I'm just excited to see Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I'm excited to see someone new take on the mantle of Spider-Man. Kristen and I saw him. Yeah, you so like, It's like, it's no big deal either, because yeah. uh, he's pretty cool. He's buddies. He's buddies? Yeah. With who? With us. Yeah. With you guys. <laughs> Intern bailed you out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Let's keep moving along. At Dirty Lash, Squirrel Boy, Ben J. Morris, you are defo right. Archer is cool. I learned a new word. No one said Archer wasn't cool, so... You get very angry there. Defo is not cool to say. Defo is real cool. He's British, man. That's probably British slang. Oh, he is. Okay. Probably British slang. Changed my mind. At Dirty Lash, after the Nick Lowe incident, you should shout, hey, come look at this into the offices and see who comes in. Well, we already had a Ryan cameo this week, so we don't need another cameo this week, but we'll try to get another one next week. At Dirty Lash, my twin of the week... Astonishing X-Men number 51, because I just got my Phil Noto variant today, and it rocks. Got a question specifically <laughs> for Ryan, which is, how the hell did you get 1.3 million Twitter followers? That's more than Marvel, at Swagpool asks. Not to speak too much for Ryan, but he was a very early adopter of Twitter. He was one of the very first people on Twitter, so he's got the legacy going all the way back to that, and the man just knows how to manage his brand. And, you know, Marvel's nothing to sneeze at either. We got a lot of Twitter followers, too, and that's the nice part. And here we are at the Ungage section of the podcast. Ryan's not here, so this could actually be fun. Mm-hmm. Blake, you're a big Ungage fan. Like him. Yep. Buddies. Never met him. Will. You will someday. We went to college together. You know. He's my, doesn't co- make, it's my college buddy. Makes him you know, want to be less of his friend, though. That makes you want to be less of his friend because you went to college with yeah. me? Why are you hurting me? Let's so stop doing this here. All right, not here. Not here. This is about best superpowers, and Tim says, I concur with that Ben J. Morse. Super speed all the way. Although Blake Garris's is a pretty smart call. Which was? Super metabolism. Super metabolism. We're all getting old. We need, you know, Anthony with his six pack. You'll no. find out. <laughs> You'll find out. <laughs> Tim also clarified the uh, McFarlane Spider-Man controversy. The black costume stuff appears in the second McFarlane hardcover called Masks. It also has a crossover with X-Force and a Ghost Rider appearance. I remember the X-Force crossover. That was the one where the whole book was sideways. Ooh. I have the whole crossover because they collected just the crossover. X-Force issues are one thing, but then you get to the Spider-Man issue. Actually, no, the whole thing is sideways. It's very hard to read. Very frustrating. At Ungage, wow, I achieved sort of a person status. Honored. I feel like he's being sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah? Dripping with sarcasm. You're really, so you're souring on Tim now. Because he went to college with you, and that's weird. He stayed at my house recently. Ooh. His whole family did. Him, his wife, his lovely daughter. His daughter is only a year old. Well, that unsours me on him. Her name is Hope. He named her after the uh, X-Men character. He'll tell you he didn't, but I know he did. (laughs) All right, we're out of the Ungaje section. We're going to finish things up with at Trick Wilson. His name's Trick Wilson, and his Twitter is Trick Wilson. Genius. Longtime lover of Marvel, first-time reader, starting with AVX. How do you love in your first... I guess you like the movies? Yeah, characters. Where do I go after 12th issue? More of an X-Men fan. Trick Wilson, we're going to have a lot of news for you on where to go post-AVX coming up very shortly. I can say no more. But, you know, you should read all our all our books. Go back, read the old stuff, catch up on X-Men with Marvel Comics app, with Marvel Digital Comics. That's the way to go. 
And finally, from Trick Wilson, just finished Memorial Week this week in Marvel. Almost caught up. Well, we're all the way caught up because we just finished the podcast in under an hour and a half, no less. Whoa. So we'll see after Stromy adds his stuff how long it is. Three hours. We really did it. This is a great episode. I think one of the all-time best. Probably top three. Yeah. Would you say? Besides the other one you and I did together. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are the top. And then the one you did alone. The one I did alone is the worst episode ever. For me. (laughs) Whatever. No big deal. (laughs) Did one by himself. (laughs) You ever listen to it? No. Yeah, it's pretty awful. So anyways... I want to thank Blake for filling in for me. Thank you. I want to thank me for filling in for Ryan. I want to thank Ryan for filling in for Nick Lowe. I want to thank Stromy for calling in. I want to thank Kristen. And I don't want to thank Anthony, but I will because you did a good job this week. You hung in there. You put up with our guff, which is not easy. You put up with the fact that we praise Kristen all the time because she deserves it. And you're not showing too much jealousy. So good on you. Thank you. It's one to grow on. Thank you guys most of all for listening, for sending in your questions. As always, you can tweet us with hashtag This Week in Marvel. You guys got any parting messages to impart on the fans? See you at San Diego Comic-Con? No, we still have another podcast oh, or two yeah. between that. One no one's going to wow. come up to you at Comic-Con, Anthony. <laughs> Everyone's going to come up to me. I'm Fourth strike. Really? Strike Fourth four strike. on Anthony Well, no, I won't Chanza. be in next week's. So I had to say it now. You didn't need to say anything. <laughs> Anthony be signing autographs at Comic Con. Yeah, I apologize. This is one of the top three, and now I'm aware of yeah. things. Let's get out of here before it goes any worse. This is Marvel, your universe.